Podcasting here, podcasting there, podcasting, podcasting everywhere. Should lawyers have a podcast? My name is Chris Hargraves and I have a number of podcasts, so I'm clearly going to be a little bit biased in my response to this particular question. However, if you head over to digitalmarketingforlawyers.com, you will be able to find this particular podcast as well as a bunch of other awesome stuff. This is Digital Marketing Mastery, and we're talking about podcasts and whether lawyers should have them. I've dealt with content types earlier. You have audio, visual, as in images, you have video, and you have the written word for the moment until we discover some more senses. These are going to be the content types that you need to mix up in the blender of your content marketing strategy in some sort of appropriate way. Should a podcast be a part of that mix? My answer is a resounding yes, and I'm going to give you a bunch of reasons for that. The first thing is this. Most lawyers can speak fairly well. So let's take example number one. You just do a podcast where effectively you take topics you have already written about in some way, you put them into audio form, and you talk through them. Hopefully not completely from a script, because that has a tendency to sound a little stolid, stodgy, you know, boring, basically. But if you can in some way enigmatically present that in an audio way, you're just offering another vessel for people to listen to your content. And if they are particularly interested in what you have to say, and you're picking topics that are useful and beneficial to people that are in your industry, then there's a decent chance they're going to find it in one form or another. You could, of course, do what I'm doing here and simultaneously record a video and a podcast, which will offer you yet another audience in the form of YouTube, which is a massive, massive search engine that should not be underestimated. But let's talk about podcasts specifically. That's rule number one. It is fairly straightforward to plug in to your existing content strategy. All you really need is a little bit of kit and someone to get you sorted so far as the publishing workflow is concerned so that you can get onto iTunes and the various other directories of podcasts. The second thing, and I think this is an underestimated benefit of podcasting, is the interview process. Now, if you've been paying attention over the years, you'll know that I don't actually do podcast interviews. And the reason is that I have three kids that I look after. And so the predictability of when I will be recording something is incredibly low. For that reason, I don't think that trying to set up podcast interviews is generally very helpful for me because I can't do it. I would like to. And for all those people who've submitted requests that such and such be on my podcast, at some point, I might do this. But for the moment, it's simply not possible for me. However, for you, if you work in the city and you have an office and all that sort of glitzy stuff where you can sit down with someone to record a podcast, there are amazing benefits. Firstly, having a conversation is far more interesting than not having a conversation. Dialogue is more interesting than monologue. Second, and this is probably the most powerful thing, you get to plug in to their audience. They have their own people. They like being on your podcast. They're going to share it with their people. That's how it works. People enjoy being interviewed. It's flattering that you want to interview them and ask them questions. It's also 
a greater opportunity to be human, to show you interacting with another person. We have a lot of trouble with writing, as I've mentioned before, so we need to embrace any opportunity to come across as people rather than sort of robotic legalese automatons. So, plugging into a second person's audience. And the third reason I'm going to give you today is the trust factor. I've said before, various things have create variously increasing or decreasing amounts of trust in the listeners. If you are seeing my face and hearing my voice, that is a high trust situation. You get to know a fairly good vibe about what I'm like, unless I'm a particularly good actor. And let's be clear, most lawyers are not particularly good actors. You get a real sense for what I'm like. If you're listening to my voice, you get a sense of what I'm like. When I write something down, okay, I have spent years trying to write in the way I sound when I'm speaking, and I think I do that fairly well, but a lot of lawyers do not. I could pick up their written article, and I could then compare to a conversation I'd had, and it would be chalk and cheese. You would be far more personal, personable and engaging in a podcast situation than you would be in a written situation on the same topic. So in terms of trust... Someone listening to you for 5 or 10 or 15 minutes creates a lot more personal relationship and trust than someone reading something you wrote written in a fairly academic literary style, unless you've been working on that quite a deal. So, podcasting. Yes, do it. The tech barriers are not enormous. I am going to get around to doing a comprehensive guide to podcasting for lawyers. I haven't done it at the time I'm recording this, which... Of course, it's going to date this. I really shouldn't have said that, but I will get around to doing that. And at that time, I hope you will still be hanging around and you'll be able to find it. So have a look at podcasting. Not a lot of lawyers are doing it. It's an opportunity for differentiation for the moment until everybody eventually catches up like they did with websites and Facebook pages and all the other things. That is all I had to say for today. Keep on trucking, whatever that means. Hit the good buttons that make me feel nice about the effort that I'm putting in to produce these for you. And I shall see you next time.